I've shared my one and only joke, so I can say it again if you want, but... I was recently reading through the the Christmas story again and I was fascinated by the fact that it was a crazy time in human history when Jesus was actually born. And it wasn't by coincidence, but this whole Christmas story was literally birthed in such a significant time in human history. Um, The nation of Israel wasn't close to God. They were actually living independent from God and people actually refer to this time before the Jesus birth as 400 years of silence. This was 400 years where God hadn't spoken because of the way that the nation was. You imagine that for 400 years, no presence of God, God not speaking, no prophetic voices, nothing, silence. And this was the very context of where the Christmas story was birthed. It was a nation that was living independent in isolation from God. And here in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, I'm going to read this this Christmas passage, but we saw it this morning in, in probably more of a dramatic way, but here we go. It says, this was how Jesus, God's anointed one, was born. His mother Mary had promised Joseph to be his wife, but while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Her fiancé Joseph was a righteous man, full of integrity, and he didn't want to disgrace her. But when he learned of her pregnancy, he secretly planned to break the engagement. While he was still debating with himself about what to do, he fell asleep and had a supernatural dream. An angel from the Lord appeared to him in clear light and said, Joseph, descendant of David, don't hesitate to take Mary into your home as your wife because the power of the Holy Spirit has conceived a child in her womb. She will give birth to a son and you are to name him Saviour. For he is destined to give his life to save his people from their sins. This happened so that what the Lord spoke through his prophet would come true. Listen, a virgin will be pregnant. She will give birth to a son and he will be known as Emmanuel, which means in Hebrew, God became one of us. When Joseph awoke from the dream, he did all that the angel of the Lord instructed him to do. He took Mary to be his wife, but they refrained from having sex until she gave birth to her son, whom they named Jesus. It's interesting that from the very beginning of time, there was a promise of the Messiah. There was promised from the very beginning of human history that Jesus was coming. This morning in a few minutes, I just want to Take your attention to the fact that Christmas tells us so many things, but one thing it tells us is that we serve a God who is true to His promises. We serve a God who is faithful. And the the Christmas story proclaims and it shouts that God is faithful to His promise. 
the very fact that Jesus was born and the Christmas story was birthed 2,000 years ago proclaims that Jesus is faithful to his promise. It's interesting that the Bible, if you read from Genesis, I think it's chapter 3, and already humankind have stuffed it up. Adam and Eve sinned. We're like in two pages of the Bible, and we've already stuffed up. And from that moment on, after page 2, this whole book is full with promises about Jesus coming to redeem and do, do away with the issue of sin. The whole book is prophesying. The whole Bible is, 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 is telling us about this Messiah who's going to come. In page two of the Bible, humankind stuffed it up. And from that point on, everything is prophesying that there's someone coming that's going to make right to this mess that we got into. The Bible tells us that before the foundation of the, of the, of the earth... Jesus was crucified. What that means is before there was a sin problem, there was a solution. It means that before you even had a problem with your sin, there was a father, his name is God, who had a solution to your problem. And it came in the form of Jesus. I would like to encourage you this morning that maybe you've got addictions, maybe you've got a health condition, maybe you've got something that looks impossible, maybe that there's a relational dysfunction in your family and you're like, hey, there's no way through this. I would like to proclaim this morning that he had a solution before you had a problem. Maybe you're looking at that medical report and you're like, hey, this is way too big for me. How is it possible? There's a father, there's a God, who, who, who demonstrated this by prophesying all through this book, the Bible about Jesus that was going to come and make things right. Maybe there's financial turmoil. Maybe what, what, whatever that, that thing is in your life that's way too big for you to believe God right now. He had a solution before there was ever a problem. In this Christmas story passage, the emphasis is this. In verse 21, it tells us why Jesus came, to save people from their sin. It tells us very clearly the purpose why Jesus came, why he was born, why he, why, how this whole Christmas story was birthed, that we need a Redeemer. And he, he came in, in, in response to humanity that was lost to humanity that couldn't do it for themselves and needed a saviour. He's true to his promises. Did you know that there's over 7,700 promises in the Bible? 7,700 promises. Sometimes we can like read them or view them as like, wow, that's amazing. Let me read you this. Promises are an invitation of God into a relational journey where we labor, to get, where we labor together to see the things happen on earth that reveals his nature. This privilege to partner with God is far beyond what any of us could earn. 
or even have the right to hope for. And yet this wonderful gift is provided for each of us in Jesus Christ. Jesus qualified us for such a role. He came to earth to die in our place, redeeming us from the slavery of sin into the freedom that Jesus alone deserved. He came to destroy the works of the evil one, initiating the realization of the kingdom of God that was within reach. But in all these things, his primary role was to reveal the Father. Why the Father? Because we are a planet of orphans. Through Christ revealing the Father, identity and purpose can be restored. If we can just close our eyes for a moment. I'm just going to pray and it's just an amazing day that we come to celebrate Christmas, to celebrate each other, to celebrate this sense of family. But right now I want to give you an invitation. As everyone has their eyes closed, I want to give you an invitation this morning because the greatest miracle is someone turning their life to Christ. The greatest miracle we can experience is to say yes to Jesus, to have our sins forgiven, to be able to stand before God righteous because of Jesus. And on this day that we're celebrating Christmas, I want to give you an opportunity I'm going to pray in a moment and I want to include you in a prayer. It's a prayer of saying yes to Jesus. It's a prayer that maybe you've even been in church for a while, but you're like, hey, today I want to say yes to Him. I want my sins forgiven. I want a brand new start. Or maybe this is the very first time you've ever been in church. You're like, hey, I want to know that I'm right with God. I want to come in a relationship with not just a God that I theoretically know about, but a God who, who knows me personally. And if there's anyone there that fits in those categories and you want me to include you in this prayer shortly, would you just raise your hand, put it up and put it back down just so I can see it. Is there anyone this morning that wants to say yes to Jesus? This is the greatest decision you'll ever make. Thank you. Anyone else wants to be bold enough to say yes to Jesus? Thank you. I see that hand down the back. You can put it down now. Anybody else? There's two people here that say, hey, this is that important that they want to make a decision for him. Just quickly before we, before we go, any other, any other people that just want to say yes to Jesus? You want your sins forgiven. You want a brand new start. Maybe you've known about God, but this morning he's pursuing you. Just one more time as I look across the room. Anyone else want to say yes? Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. I see your hand. I see your hand. Another two people. I see those two hands. Six people. Six people this morning. I want to say yes to Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. I can see your hand too. Thank you. Seven people want to say yes to Jesus. Anyone else this morning? It is the greatest decision you'll make is saying yes to him. Thank you. Eight people saying yes to Jesus. All right, we're going to pray.
the Bible says that if you declare Jesus with your, with, with your mouth and, and believe in your heart, you shall be saved. And that this is a really significant moment because eight people are about to declare Jesus as their Lord and Savior. This is a significant moment where eight people are about to say, hey, for the rest of my life, I want to live for Jesus. I want to come in relationship with this perfect Father. I want my sins forgiven. And so all together as a church family, will you repeat this after me? Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin. And today I choose you. Take control of my life. And from this moment on, I will live for you. Amen. That's awesome. I encourage you, if you made that decision this morning, come and tell somebody. It reaffirms that decision you've made and come and say to someone, hey, I made a decision for Jesus. I'm now a follower of Jesus. Come and tell someone. It's important that you do that to seal that decision you've made. That's incredible.